This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Dori Shafrier. And I'm Kate Spencer. And we are the hosts of Forever 35. And today we're talking about Club Med, the best all-inclusive getaway for families. Today, Club Med has nearly 70 resorts worldwide, from beachside resorts in the Caribbean and Mexico, to magical locations in the Maldives and Morocco, to ski resorts in the mountains from Canada to the Alps. Between their all-inclusive family programming, wellness offerings, land and water sports, and their French heritage-inspired food and drink offerings, Club Med is the best way to elevate your family getaway, no matter which location you're at. To learn more, visit clubmed.us. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, the World Cup has ended. There might be a little hole in many of our lives, given all the football, much of it wonderful, that we watched. But uh, Sunday's final between France and Argentina was something else. And indeed, the tournament had many, many virtues. And it's a pleasure to welcome John Giles and Liam Brady to talk about the final and some of the things we learned as you do every four years, the World Cup allows us to assess where the game is, and we'll talk to Liam and John about that. John, let me start with you and the final. You've seen a lot of football, I have, and Liam has. That was one great game, wasn't it? That was brilliant, Damon. You know, sometimes it, 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 we don't get such a, a good finish to major competitions. Yeah. Uh, but this this match was up there with probably the best match in the in the competition, and with the goals and the the, the play, all the various things that we we all love about football. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Liam, what did you make of it, Liam, in terms of the drama, the quality, and the conclusion, of course, which saw Lionel Messi claim the World Cup and emulate, if you like, what Maradona did for his country. Well, I thought Argentina were a brilliant diamond for probably, what was it, 65 to 65, 70 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Scaloni uh, surprised me, the, the the coach, when he selected Di Maria. But yes. I think that was that was a statement in itself. Yes. They were going to go for France. They were going to attack them. And the closing down and, you know, how they unsettled the French team was, was second to none. And then with... You know, the two lads they have up front, Messi and Alvarez, uh, you know, and the goal they scored, the second goal they scored, you, you won't see a better uh, combination move from, from any team. And that's, yes. I, 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 I think it was the best team goal that I've ever seen in a World Cup. Yeah, John, I would agree with Liam. Messi was in it. Uh, Di Maria was the one who, who put the ball in the back of the net and it wasn't mm. easy from where he was, but it was a brilliant move, wasn't it? Uh, it was great. It was great, I mean. And, and, and what a good, uh, uh, pick to bring Di Maria back into the team, I mean, He hadn't played yes. the last couple of matches, had he? No, he was dropped. The, and he was he injured. Was dropped, to, like a, 
I think you, I think he might have been carrying an injury, but he was left out of the team. Yeah. And as Liam pointed out there, and I wonder if you uh, agree, because I do agree, I thought Argentina were much more aggressive when the match started. They they didn't play a high press, but they certainly pressed in France's half of the field yeah. and looked hungrier and sharper than at any other time in the competition. Yeah, I thought they, I thought they were way way ahead of uh, France um, in a big way, really really good, got their goals. Yes, and the the only the only thing I would have against them, I think, in the second half or after they scored the two goals, I mean, in many ways, I think they were playing the game out. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think they gave it back to France to come at them. In other words, we're too up, we're going to hold on to it. Uh, and I think they slipped up there. I think they should have kept kept playing because, again, if you're attacking, then you're not, you, you won't be losing goals. So I think that's what they did. And a lot of teams do that, as we know. Get yeah. too up, okay, we're going to hold on to it. And I think that's what they did. I think they pulled back. I think they were by far and away the better team. I think they should have stuck out of what they were doing. But anyway, all's well that ends well. They deserve to win it. Yeah, uh, Liam... Messi was magnificent and I know that the papers and the media would be saying this is Messi against Mbappe which is just ridiculous it's uh, two teams taking each other on but when you look at Messi uh, and when you see what was on the line for him on the day and how he scored that last goal <laughs> in in extra time it was just magic really I'll never forget it I mean, I haven't got long to go, so that's my <laughs> my memory won't fade. But even young people who watch that match, Liam, uh, and of course the people of Argentina, will never forget that match, will they? No, absolutely not. No, it was the crowning glory. You know, he's been the best player in the world for the last 15 years. Uh, I know R Ronaldo has his supporters as well, or has his, uh, his fans as well, but for me, Messi's always been that little bit ahead of Ronaldo, uh, whether it's his ability to dribble the ball or his sportsmanship. Uh, he's always kind of, uh, I, I've always liked him that bit more. Um, and, you know, it would have been a dreadful shame, a tragedy, in fact, had yes. he not picked up the World Cup. And, and for people, uh, whether they be in Argentina or elsewhere, to say, well, he wasn't as good because he never won the World Cup. Well, they can't say that anymore. Because, and, and he was absolutely brilliant in the match again. I mean, it was his best match in the competition. Yes, he, it was. He was yeah, he was, he was going right till the end. You know, he scored a goal in extra time. He, he took part in the move earlier on, and then he was there to, to finish it when Loris knocked it out. No, it was... Uh, it was just fairy tale stuff. But, you know, you've got to give France credit as well. They came back, Eamon. Yeah. And at one time, at one time, yeah, they, with the subs they brought on, I thought, the Argentinians are, are de out of it. They're, yes. They're, they're knackered, you know. They, yeah. Yeah. And the, the, these French fellas who were big, strong, powerful, I thought they were going to run all over them. And, um, I, I thought, oh, this is going to, and terribly yes. for Messi, but thank, yeah. thank goodness, thank goodness, it was all turned round with the penalty shootout. Yeah, and they brought Kingsley Coleman on, John, who plays for Bayern Munich, a very, very good player, quick a forward, but they did bring on fresh legs, and that would have been your doubt about Argentina. Uh, just to ask you both, um, I'll start with you, John. I My view most 
of the way through the competition was that Argentina were very ordinary, but Messi gave them that extra dimension. Say against Mexico, when mm. it was nil-nil, it's about 15 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go, and Messi pulls out <laughs> just a brilliant goal. They're over the line, 1-0. So I, I thought they were an ordinary team with Messi. But on Sunday, I thought, as you and Liam have said, they were up for it in a way early on, right from the get-go, in a way that France weren't. And they went and, and sort of dominated France. And Messi was a part of that. Yeah. He was part of that move, as Liam just said, uh, for that Di Maria goal. So he, he is a really a team player as well as, you know, a great individual player. And goals, he gets the goals, the biggies and the penalties. I mean, the first goal, I thought, gee, he, he's taken a few penalties in the competition, missed one of them. But he is a team player as well as a great player in his own right. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you mentioned Ronaldo before. I think, I think, uh, the, the, the players of, of, um, with, with Ronaldo, his fellow players, I said they, they respect him, Eamon. Yeah. But they wouldn't have any great affection for him. No. Whereas with Messi, they'd respect him, but a lot of affection for him. They're two, they're two different characters. I mean, that's where I think the three of us would take Messi every time. I mean, there's no yes. doubt Ronaldo's been a great player, but he hasn't been that team player that Messi, uh, that we respect and, and, and enjoy. Yeah. Playing. He does it for the team. He's brilliant. He does it for himself and he does, but he does it mostly for the team. Uh, absolutely brilliant. But I must say, I mean, having watched Argentina through the competition, yeah. I thought the final was the best they played by a long way. Yes, absolutely. By a long way. Obviously Messi, but the rest of the players around him, uh, they look different players to me. Yeah. I mean, compared to, to some of the, the, the displays I saw during, during the, the, the competition. Yeah, Liam, on that point, was it the fact that France didn't really come out to play with any purpose? I'd say that's the word I'm looking for. But John was saying when we were discussing this during the, the, the competition, during the tournament, he thought Mbappé was wasted on the wing. It was too easy to, to sort of put him out of the game. He, John told he was a, really more a centre forward. What do you say to that, Liam? I mean, he's just, he scored a hat trick and finished on the losing side in the World Cup final. Now, two of them were penalties, but the goal, the volley, when they needed the equalizer was brilliant. Where, what would you say about where Mbappe should best be employed in the team? Well, he did score eight goals playing where he, he was. Did, I, yeah. I don't know if yeah. a few of them came from penalties, you know, but he, he is, he is brilliant cutting in from the left, you know. If he if he can get that space, yeah. uh, but you have to give credit to England. You have to give credit to Argentina. They kept him quiet, didn't yeah, they? You know, they did, yeah. for a long, long time. Uh, go back to Argentina. Uh, I watched the first two games and I thought, no, they can't win the World Cup. Yeah. But then you know, something sometimes things change. They they put Al, uh, Alvarez up front with Messi. Yeah. And it was totally different. And they put the lad McAllister. McAllister in came in. He wasn't yeah. in the original team, Liam. No, and he was brilliant as well. That's yeah. what I mean. They made these changes and the team got better. And like John said, they, they looked really confident when they, when they, uh, took on France, uh, on Sunday. You know, they, they, they believed in themselves. Yeah. But, uh, football is a great game. 
Uh, it's the greatest game in the world, Eamon, because it can change. You think yeah. 70 minutes Argentina have got this wrapped up, and then, my goodness, what happened, you know? Yeah. A goal gives uh, a, a mistake by uh, Otto Mendy. I think he should have cleared the ball. Yes. Uh, he ends up getting into trouble, and, and France get a penalty, and then Mbappe got a great second goal. What a finish oh, yeah. that was as well. You know, so yeah. th- this is the beauty of football. You know, one team can be dominant, And you think, oh, they're well and truly over the line. And then it doesn't happen for them, you know? Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax with their 20 plus sports activities, wellness programs. You can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Uh, John and Liam again, both of you, looking at, at the tournament overall, as I said in the introduction, I think every four years... You get the best, in this case, 32 nations in the world, or or more or less that. And you do get a chance, I think, to assess where football is uh, as a yeah. sport. Where are we going? What are the, which direction are we traveling in? And I just to give an example of that, 1990, it was a desperate World Cup. There was a lot of very severe defensive play. Um, 1994 was, that ended up in a penalty shootout after a nil-nil final. And there was a, a kind of a defensive rot in the game, I think, in those years. This World Cup showed us a, an entirely different picture and how the game has changed. And, and I would argue for the better. What do you think, John? I'm thinking of, say, Italy didn't qualify. Spain and Germany knocked out. Uh, Morocco get to the semi-final. Japan, they beat Spain. They beat Germany. So what do you make of, of all of that? And uh, the key thing I saw was everyone now is playing ball. Everyone is playing attacking football. Teams are technically gifted. 
There's no up and unders and all that stuff, and there's no parking the bus. No, uh, no. I think the both both the smaller clubs we would yeah. call them. You know, I just put it in, in Morocco, yeah. Australia, Senegal, Japan, Serbia, South, you know, Ghana, Yucatan. Yeah. These were all these are all proven. Yeah, immensely. Yes. And I think, actually, I think that's what made the World Cup as attractive as it was. I know we got the final and we got the top teams in the final. But mostly years ago, not so long ago, like the likes of, you know, Senegal and Japan and swept aside. Yes. They wouldn't be in the competition. Yes. And I think these made the, the earlier games, these teams that I just mentioned there, Eamon, were brilliant. Yes. They've improved so much and the game has improved so much around the world. It's incredible in many ways. When I mean, you got Morocco getting to the, getting to the semi-finals, you got Japan losing out on penalties. I, I think it was these countries, uh, obviously along with the top countries, that made the competition as as enjoyable and as good as it was. Yeah, Liam, I know you covered actually the 1990 World Cup in Italy for the BBC. It was your first encounter with the media, I think. Can you see what I'm saying about the difference? Yeah, I agree with you, Eamon. Yeah, I agree. I think the the, the game of football has evolved uh, worldwide uh, in the right direction. I think countries are playing far more attractive football. Uh, they want to entertain. Uh, and I think we got a World Cup uh, just just as any anyone who loves football would have hoped. Yeah, we got some huge surprises. John mentioned all those teams. Uh, we got drama. Uh, I thought the refereeing was very good, apart from the England-France game. Yeah. I thought the refereeing was excellent. There was no violence at the stadiums, yep. uh, which was uh, maybe the first World Cup in history in the last, what, 24 years, but yes. we didn't have it. Uh, I thought, I thought in general, um, it couldn't have gone any better, but it shouldn't have been there in the first place, Eamon. And you're going back to when you opened up today's program saying that Infantino wants this and Infantino wants that. Well, of course he does because it's greed, isn't it? And yes. He's, he's jealous of the Champions League in, in Europe and but he, he, he doesn't care about traditions of football. You know, he wants, no. he, he wants to, to take football places, uh, for, for money, for, for money reasons. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see how his relationship now goes on with the the powers of European football, you know, the big clubs in European football, because uh, I don't think they want what he wants. No, and I mean, it's true to say, just before you joined us, uh, Liam, uh, while we were calling you, John, I'm, John made the point to me that FIFA has nothing. It doesn't have any players, but what it has, what it wants, he wants now, he said that the World Cup was the greatest ever. He wants a World Cup every three years, and he thinks it should be played in the European winter, which means the same kind of disruption to domestic leagues uh, in the future. He also wants a club World Cup every two years. Now, this is, would you agree with me, Liam, that this is an attempt? I mean, UEFA and FIFA, they haven't got anything except the power to legislate the, for the game. They, they really are trying to steal players and talent and put on their own shows at the expense of domestic leagues. Would you agree with that? Yeah, well, I think Qatar has demonstrated that. They didn't care about the players. They, 
fact that the, they probably this season will be playing uh, all year round. They'll, they'll get very little break in, the, yep. in, in their season, so they don't really care about their welfare. Uh, they want to take uh, the European clubs on uh, with the Champions League because they're jealous of that. Yes, he, he wants to create twenty-four. I thought it was thirty-two club sides. Oh, maybe it World is. Club, maybe maybe World Cup clubs. Yeah. But you know, what, what are we going to get? You, you know, you're going to get all the best players are playing in Europe, aren't they? The South Americans, the Africans, the Asians—they're all playing in Europe. You know, so. Uh, uh, it, it's going to be intriguing to know who's going to come out on top in this battle. It wasn't so long ago he wanted a World Cup every two years. So yes. he's back down on that. So I, I, think he's sticking, I think he's sticking his chest out on the back of the success of this World Cup, you know. But uh, yeah, the spotlight will be well and truly on what FIFA are up to now, Eamon, which is a good thing. I, yes, and I don't want to put you on the spot, Liam. But Arsene Wenger wants a World Cup every two years as well and is now working for FIFA with Infantino. Uh, one of the things, John, that a World Cup in the winter will allow is Saudi Arabia to host the World Cup in the not-too-distant future. <clears throat> but we really don't want the European season and the South American season to be broken up the way it has been this year, no. do we? There's a war going on, Eamon. There is a war going There's on. There's a war yes. going on with the, with UEFA and FIFA against the club, the clubs. And we saw this year, uh, I think it was this year anyway, that there was going to be a breakaway with the top six. Yes. Now, that's the money. They own the clubs, Eamon. And yes. their attitude is, why, why do we need FIFA or UEFA? Yep. They don't pay the players. No, they, they just pick the players for the competitions that they want. So if they start doing this and they'll try to do the things that you're saying there, you will get the top six and more from England and Italy, Spain. All the big clubs yes. will break away from them. Yeah, and there was a court case the other day which was taken by Juventus, Barcelona and Real Madrid. It's the mm -hmm. first of a, Well, they want to form this Super League which mm -hmm. uh, with some of the Premier League clubs, with all the big Premier League clubs actually, now, the, the English uh, clubs backed away from it, but they went on. They lost in the court. They have an appeal that will go to the European court. They still want this Super League. But, um, Liam, uh, uh, just to go back to you for a minute, Liam, the principle that John's outlined there is that FIFA and UEFA, they're governing bodies, but they have no, no assets, do they, except for the players. But if they go on the way they're going, and have a World Cup now in the winter, every four years, or in, if he gets his way every three years, that could be very damaging to the game. Don't you agree? Well, they probably got more uh, money from this World Cup than any World Cup ever. I know mm -hmm. finance increases, uh, you know, as as things go up, you know, inflation and so forth. But they must have had a, a bonanza with the Qataris. We're throwing money at it all over the place. And this probably got them thinking, oh, we can have this yep. again in this part of the country. And we know what Saudi Arabia are trying to do as regards yes. uh, get into sport in a big way. They've, you know, they've uh, allegedly, they're involved with Newcastle. Uh, they're putting on golf tournaments. They want to take on the uh, USPGA. They want yes. to take on the boxing world and things like that. So, uh <clears throat> 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, fascinating to watch what goes on, but it's all down to greedy, Damon. You know, yes, and, I know that. Uh, the FIFA have the World Cup. They have that's their that's their golden golden jewel or the yeah. jewel in the crown of football, the World Cup. You know, how, how much interest was there in it uh, this time round when there was even so much controversy about holding it there? And, yeah. You know, you remember all the politics that we were speaking about and human rights and LBGT yeah. going into the tournament. Well, once the football uh, started, the product took over, didn't it? Yes. So uh, he knows that. It's, I don't know how it's going to pan out, Eamon. I know I don't agree with most of what FIFA have done, but I have to say the World Cup this year, uh, with all the things I mentioned, non-violence, organization, refereeing, the quality of football, uh, you have to say, well, yeah, you couldn't, you could have not enjoyed it. Put it that way. No, absolutely. Now, John, the, the, the big clubs, Simon, will get together. This is this is a, this is a war too, between yeah. FIFA and the, and this clumsy. The the, the 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 players still belong to the owners of Real Madrid and Manchester yes. United. I mean, they won't stand for it. No, I know they won't. I agree with they you. Won't. I... They, they'll say, well, you're not having my player, our players. They'll yes. create another competition for themselves. Yes. A, a, a European competition. Now, that's what they'll do. They'll break away. They won't stick with these guys. No. They just won't. They're, 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 they own the clubs and they own the players. Yeah, they do. And you say FIFA and these other guys, they don't own anything. No, and uh, the the more Americans that come into the Premier League, and this guy yeah. Chelsea is a good example of it, and there's an American group now, I think, taking over one of the, I think Brighton, Liam, is it? Is there talk of Americans taking over Brighton? No, I haven't seen that, but Liverpool are up for sale, aren't they? The yes. Americans are selling, Arsenal yeah. are owned by Americans. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of clubs owned by Manchester United, owned by Americans. <laughs> Look, we don't know what's going. We don't know what's around the corner when it comes to football. Okay, let me ask you a final question, both of you actually, about England. Uh, Gareth Southgate has decided, after some consideration, that he's going to stay for another couple of years until the Euros. Uh, John, in your estimation, England have a lot of very good young players now. Yeah, but many of the media people in England are raving about young Bellingham. Now, he, he mm. looks to me to be a hugely talented and actually, actually very nice and, you know, good kid. But mm. he needs more experience and he needs to understand where his assets are best used. What did you make of England? What do you make of Southgate's decision to stay? Is, are you a fan or not? I'm not a fan of him as a, as a professional manager. Yeah, right. I think he's a good individual. I think he's a very, very solid lad, very good yeah. individual. Yeah. As a manager, I don't rate him at all. Right. Right. Yeah. And especially after the World Cup this year. Yeah. Right. He's been in the job for seven years, right? Yes. And it took him three matches to get his best team on the field. Yeah. That's a wing and a prayer. Yes. After two years in that, well, less than two years sometimes in, in, in international managers, certainly two years, three years, four years, you know your players inside out. Yeah. And you know the best, you know everything about them, who should be in the team, who's the best one, what we do at the back, all that, right? Now, we saw the World Cup this week, which is a major competition of the lot, and he didn't play, or didn't get his best team, maybe by accident. Yeah. 
after, in the third match. Yep. I mean, that's a fact, Eamon. That's management. Yep. Now, they finished up doing okay, but they, they didn't get to the to the semi-finals or anything. You know, no, they no. did okay. Yeah. But but they, they, only because there were changes in the team that were, were in a disastrous second match where he's bringing Foden in and another couple of players, young players, got terrific young players. But you have to know your best team going into a World Cup after seven years. Yeah. And I know I keep repeating that. That's that's. I wouldn't know. I don't rate him as a manager. I think he's a very nice fella. I don't rate him as a manager. Uh, Liam, I mean, England can argue that they went out of the World Cup against France because Harry Kane missed a penalty. He'd already scored a penalty earlier in the game. We, I, he's somebody I think we all respect as a professional. I want to ask you, Liam, about Bellingham in particular and the talent you think he has or maybe don't and how best that talent can be deployed by the English team. Well, I'd only repeat, uh, Eamon, what John told us you know, very early in the competition when yes. he's, seen his, he's seen him playing. Uh, and I agreed totally with him. I watched him play against Wales and he was getting way in front of the ball, way ahead yep. of the ball. And he couldn't get the ball and he was putting his hands out. But he, they, the, the people who were in possession of the ball couldn't find him. You know, yes. that's his fault. It's not their fault. Yep. So I, I think John uh, explained it to us that he's got his positional sense has got to be much, much better and know when to make the runs forward and know when to stand still and get the ball. Uh, but you could see when he did get the ball, Eamon, that he's a very exciting player. You know? Yes. And John as well pointed out that he's only 19 years of age, so he's got time on his side to learn. But to go overboard as much as the England uh, media did or television did about how good he was, yes. I, I, I wouldn't have put him in the team of the tournament, Eamon. I didn't put no. him in the team of the tournament. Right. Like McAllister was in midfield for me. Modric was in midfield yes. for me. Yes. And Griezmann was in midfield for me. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't the Bellingham. No. And uh, just a, and, sorry, I mean, yeah. the midfield player from from Morocco. Yeah, he's com out. he's coming to England. The Baldy guy. He's outstanding. He is really really good player. Uh, Amrabat. Amrabat. Yeah. Thanks for the Baldy yeah. guy called Amrabat, John. Yeah. <laughs> He should have been. I think he should have been in the team. Yeah. But in, Belling, in Bellingham's case, I mean, he's an outstanding kid. I mean, he's nineteen. He's got terrific talent. He's good control. He's got to get goals and that. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I keep on about it in, 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 in positional sense. He, he, no matter how, what assets you have in him, if your positional sense is not good, yeah. Like we talk about, just go back to Modric very, very quickly. I mean, yes. When Modric is on the field playing, you see him playing. And he said, well, you have to give it some orders. He's on his own. He's got space. Yes. You know, he knows exactly where he is. Right? Yeah. Now, if, if, if in Bellingham's case, at the moment, he can't do that. He's ahead of the ball. He's taking yes. a chance. When he yeah. gets it, he's good. Yeah. But great players make the ball come to them. Yes. Amen. You yes. get into a position that you say you have to give it to him. Bellingham has a long way to go before he's in, in, that, in that situation. But he's a good kid and he's got a lot of talent. But I, I definitely wouldn't have had him anywhere near the, the, the top eight of midfield players in the World Cup. Yeah, just a final uh, point to you, Liam, about Luka Modric, 37, probably his last game. I watched him playing in the third place game and he was flying around as if his life depended on it. Yeah. What a great professional and a, a totally admirable, a great player really outstanding and really outstanding character and a real team player again. 
Yeah, and Croatia performed very, very well again. I'm finishing third in a World Cup. They've only got four and a half million people, but led led by this guy, you know. Yeah, well, we've said it all about him. He's been an yeah. absolute wonderful player. You know, I know we're saying Messi's been the best player, but if you were to go and categorize positions and say, well, who's been the best midfield player in the last 10 to 15 years, it would have to be Luka Modric. Okay, uh, we'll leave the last word with you, Liam, and we're very grateful to uh, Liam Brady and to John Giles for everything they've shared with us throughout the uh, four weeks of this tournament, which has been really fascinating, and uh, we're grateful to John and Liam, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. In manufacturing, you need to automate intelligently to compete effectively. But not all automation solutions are created equally. AGVs and AMRs driven by Bluebotics Ant technology offer robust, accurate performance and native interoperability. Because your material handling can be smarter. Visit antdriven.com. That's antdriven.com to learn more.